what if we could use these techniques, mentorship, leadership, education, community, isolation, extreme, even so-called crazy behavior, quote unquote, unwarranted belief and isolation to our advantage? What if we could brainwash ourselves, not into tragedy, but success? average CEO reads 60 books per year, and many attribute their success to this habit of constant learning. This is the difference between those who actualize and those who fail. This automization of their learning, this 1% better every day. On the MentorBox podcast, we're making it easy for you to build and maintain that same habit, the same type of constant lifelong learning as those CEOs, simply by listening to this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and tune in for new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and every Friday. And if you want to dig deeper into what our incredible guests teach, make sure to go to mentorbox.com and become a member today. Hello and welcome to this edition of MentorBox. I'm your host, Jonathan Kendall, and today I'll be talking a bit about the positive side of cults, or more specifically, brainwashing. I use both these terms all the time as a tool for success. And in this lesson, I'll show you why. And more importantly, how. And I know, cults don't have exactly the best reputation, nor should they. But nonetheless, they are fascinating, are they not? And it's no surprise either. They cut to the core of our psychology. It's why we're fascinated with the Nazis, North Korea, suicide bombers, and kamikaze pilots. It's why we watch scary movies. And yes, it's sometimes why we go to church and listen, even, dare I say, listen to podcasts, like this one, even. Cults are stimulating because they're extreme examples of opinion. They definitionally are biased. They go there, as they say, and are unapologetic about it. They're on the outer limits of society, gruesome, strange, interesting, chaotic. They're on the other side of the wall while we are safe in here. But it's nice to look out, is it not? To peer out and read about, to listen in and wonder. How could they ever go that far? How could ever get that bad? How could someone be so stupid as to just follow the orders of someone so obviously insane? The leader couldn't possibly be so charming. How could you believe in such irrational nonsense? It's like going to outer space and seeing the stars up close, holding the light in your hand. Ah, that's what it feels like. And we love it. Which is why there are so many documentaries about Jonestown, the now famous Don't Drink the Kool-Aid cult from San Francisco, in which hundreds committed suicide together. Or the tragic Waco, Texas fire of the Branch Davidians, right after its leader, David Koresh, demanded that all the women of the cult halt relations with their husbands in favor of him. Heaven's Gate, where 39 people committed suicide in hopes of reaching a heavenly spaceship. Or Scientology, even, which proposes that humans were birthed from a volcano planted here from an alien race. The Manson murders, Warren Jeffs and his cult of child brides and polygamy. And worse is that there are more. Presently even, probably always will be, in fact. But 
And this is the important question. Why? Well, the answer is pretty simple, actually. It's because life is really, really complicated. It's unimaginably difficult to comprehend why we're here, what should we do, where we came from, who are we, how to be happy, how to be good, how to be successful. These are incredibly, incredibly difficult questions to answer. And so we naturally look for answers. We're constantly in search of guidance in the form of books, political leaders, political ideologies, religions, podcasts, celebrities, personalities, television shows, news stations, family members, therapists, newspapers, writers, philosophers, lovers, bosses, dead ancient thinkers, priests and saints, prayers and mantras, commercials, brands, and companies. We are quite literally desperate for someone to have the answers for us, to tell us how it is, to make this life easier, you know? And in fact, when done correctly, this staying in your lane, this habitualization of action, a finding a general answer and sticking to it, turning off your brain in favor of a greater good, listening to a competent mentor, someone who has been there, done that, this is sometimes incredibly useful and in fact, wildly effective. Though, when left unchecked and arbitered by a malevolent force, we are left with tragedy. Which is why the terms cult and brainwashing get such a bad name. Because the Tom Joneses and Adolf Hitlers of the world have bogarted the terminology so impressively we miss the trees for the forest, worried that if we get too close, we may get burned. How could we ever learn something from a psychopath? What intelligence could possibly be found within the wicked confines of narcissistic evil? Actually, much, my friends. Much indeed. So let's dig in, shall we? First off, let's unpack what we mean by cult. The term colloquially means something like an extreme, isolated religious sect unified around a charismatic, although probably psychopathic leader, its members brainwashed. But what if we could use these techniques, mentorship, leadership, education, community, isolation, extreme, even so-called crazy behavior, quote unquote, unwarranted belief and isolation to our advantage? What if we could brainwash ourselves not into tragedy, but success? Well, the good news is that we can. And actually, I just watched a wonderful movie about this very topic, I Feel Pretty, an Amy Schumer comedy. Now, spoiler alert, I'm going to give away much of the plot, but with these types of movies, we all know the whole movie in the trailer anyways. And that's okay, even. We see every twist, turn, loop, and hill of the roller coaster before we strap in, but it's fun anyways. And this one is definitely fun anyway, but also thoughtful. Highly recommend it. Here's the plot. Our protagonist, Amy Schumer, is desperate to be pretty, always comparing herself to the modelesque, seemingly perfect women of her soul cycle class. Life would be so much easier if she was a size zero, she thinks stronger cheekbones, nicer hair, etc. When one day, after bumping her head, she awakes, looks in the mirror, and now she sees herself as a supermodel. Her wish has come true. Far-fetched, I know, but stick with me. So now emboldened, even though she doesn't look any different to anyone else, 
only to herself, she quickly climbs the corporate ladder of her company, becoming VP of a new makeup line, impressing the founders, finding a handsome, kind, and loving boyfriend, having to fend off a rich, even handsomer suitor, reaching the pinnacle of her success in no time flat, only to hit her head again, bringing her back to normal which spins her into a depression since, of course, she had attributed her miraculous rise only to her imagined outward beauty. Until, of course, she eventually realizes by looking at a few old pictures that the whole time she, in fact, looked the same all along. The only thing that changed was her perception of herself. Reality did not change, only her interpretation of reality changed. The movie's point is humor, but there's a strong message embedded throughout. Because what happened here? Her reality was exactly the same, except her belief about that reality and her place in it, her understanding of the rules of the game, changed. And thus, her position improved. So that begs the question, what if we, instead of hitting our head and magically believing that we are different, we instead actively and consciously brainwash ourselves into being different. Brainwash ourselves into feeling pretty. Brainwash ourselves into knowing our future. Brainwash ourselves into manifesting a new reality. What if we create our own cult? A cult of our own mind or a friend group so strong and determined, a Napoleon Hill mastermind group so cut off, isolated like a cult from the so-called reality of what everyone else thinks and believes it's possible, and instead consciously choose to choose. What, my friends, do you think would happen? Well, I'll tell you what happened to me. A few years back, I wrote a novel, which hardly anyone read. It got published, sold a few copies. I even went on a mini tour around the West Coast and sold a few more. And it was fun and memorable, but by any conceivable literary metric, it was a commercial failure. Though in knowing that your first should not be your last, I decided to confront my own inadequacies head on. Further determined and militantly persistent, I then set off on a five-year journey, which eventually led me to where I am now. First off, I read every book I could get on success because, as they say, success leaves clues. What works for basketball works for running, works for business, works for writing, works for singing, works for sales, works for videography, works for public speaking, works for making wine. The meta rules which underscore successful specialization, things like deliberate practice, hard work, habit formation, compassion, forgiveness, persistence, stoicism, etc., these are all foundational. And so I studied them and deconstructed them and then used that to deconstruct writing. Every book I could get my hands on, every virtual class, every YouTube video, every podcast. But even then, I realized that I didn't have enough time. I was wasting most of my time working in restaurants in order to pay my rent and survive when I should have been practicing, writing more and more in order to turn pro, as Stephen Pressfield says. I was caught in the chicken or the egg dilemma of all artists. How do you practice without getting paid? Though, how do you get paid without time to practice? So I used the Tim Ferriss four-hour workweek technique, and I decided to game the system, which in my case meant working in Big Sur, California for four or five months out of the year, working as much as possible, literally living in my car, showering in the state park, or even using waterfalls on the side of the highway, saving all my money so as to take the rest of the year off, practicing, 
practicing, practicing. Now, I'll admit that more than a few people suggested that I was crazy. More than a few people told me I was going to go nowhere, technically homeless, that I would always be a server, countless side glances. Why are you writing in that journal, they'd ask. What's your reading? Which is, by the way, normal. It's absolutely normal for a friend or a family member to look sideways at you while you're obsessively moving towards your own promised land. Because it's weird. Because it's strange. Because whatever you want, it's probably unlikely to happen. Everyone else is drinking at the bar. Everyone else is having so much fun. Everyone else is watching movies and playing video games. Everyone else is meeting new friends and enjoying themselves. Why are you writing all the time? Why are you reading all the time? Hey, I saw you running in the morning. Why do you do that? Wait, what? You live in your car? Yes. Yes, I do. Or yes, I did. For three years. And this is why. Because I knew that in order to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish, I had to focus. I had to believe that I was pretty, like Amy Schumer. I had to believe that I was destined for something outside of the norm. I had to do what others were not willing to do. I had to take the strange looks and the doubts of my peers and absorb them, use them as fuel, write them down in journals and laugh. Ha, you'll see. One day, you'll see. And here's an important point. It doesn't happen on accident. It's really absolutely 100% going to be hard and difficult and you're going to want to quit and be like everyone else. You're going to look at yourself in the mirror and see just plain old you, just like plain old everyone else sometimes. So that means that when that happens, you have to have measures in place to fight that mediocrity. And that measure, it's called, I swear it is, it's called brainwashing. <laughs> in order to fight the howls of everyone else's complacency to overcome average, you will have to premeditatively brainwash yourself into a belief system so fierce and cultish that no one's influence could ever influence you out of such determination. For me, that took the form of my morning routine. Every morning I would read a book about success or self-development. Every morning I would read my goals to myself five times. Every morning, I would say the same prayer three times. Every morning, I would write down what I wanted my future to be in as much vivid detail as possible. Every morning, I said, I will win the Nobel Prize for Literature one day by profoundly and humbly contributing to the greater literary canon through hard work and constant practice. I would say this to myself over and over and over and over again, like memorizing a Bible verse. Then, on my days off, when I had days off, I would write and read about writing. And those whom I chose as friends, philosophers and dreamers and writers themselves. I guarded my energy like an innocent child. Just me and a few chosen friends, us against the world, isolating ourselves from the rest of society, ever brainwashing ourselves, manifesting our realities into existence despite all the odds against us, despite our inadequacies, despite our then stations in society, restaurant servers for the traveling elite. No matter. We created our own little cult. And now, here we are, professional writers. We've made it, as they say. Me here speaking to you, out from the ashes of living in my car, which I do not tell you out of hubris, no. I tell you this story in great humility. My intention only this, that for those three years, the objective mirror did not show that I was very pretty. 
the objective mirror of society did not prove to me that I was worthy to be a professional writer. The objective mirror of society did not agree that I was one day going to be who I had convinced myself that I was going to be. Because the outside reality was that I was a homeless waiter scribbling in journals. But no matter, I had brainwashed myself every morning into a belief in myself so strongly that reality eventually manifested itself to my will. As Paulo Coelho famously wrote, and when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. So, my friends, I hope too that you will brainwash yourself into manifesting your future. For those who disbelieve, isolate yourself from their negativity and doubt. Fight against those who encourage you to be average. Be different, be strange, be outrageous, be intense, be out of the ordinary. Create your own cult of belief. Brainwash yourself so harshly that you literally cannot fail. Write down your own rules, every day even. Read them out loud if you must. In fact, I encourage you to do so. Post reminders to yourself all over your house, on your desk. Read the right books. Listen to the right podcasts. Guard yourself against negativity. Guard yourself against doubt. And eventually, you won't just feel pretty. You will, in the real world, accomplish and become everything you ever dreamed of, both in and out. For remember, the difference between an unruly dissident and an iconoclast is subtle and fine. Of course, be good. Accomplish a benevolent end. But do not be afraid of starting your own little cult. Sometimes, in fact, it's the only way. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at MentorBox.com. And if you like the MentorBox podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.